So guys, we're going to be starting now a new series. And today is called The Heart of Generosity. This series is going to be called The Abundant Life Series. I want to start today by telling you a story. You may notice, by the way, the slides are much better. It's because I didn't make them. My wonderful, darling wife made them. <laughs> so, I'm going to start today by telling you guys a story. When God called us to Hong Kong, we began this journey of preparation, as you can imagine. And he called us to Hong Kong in 2009, well before we left in 2013 to come here. So there was, there was this couple of years... Um, or four years of preparation. Now, we got married in 2011, and as a married couple, we began even further preparations. And one of the things in particular that we started preparing for was our finances, because we've been told Hong Kong's a pretty crazy city. We had a crazy expensive city. We've been told by a number of people that we were crazy to go there or even contemplate going there without a job. Even, so I don't forget, I just want to say there are three wonderful people sat here at the back who were very instrumental, I'm not crying now, who are very instrumental in our coming to Hong Kong because they put us up, they provided for us in amazing ways. And certainly we wouldn't, we may not even be here in this area had it not been for you guys and the, the input that you put in our lives. So I just really thank you. I really thank you. We love you. So. Whilst we were still in the UK, we pre prepared financially and we were putting aside money every single month. And through that, God began to teach us these lessons. And over the course of this incident, I'm going to tell you about God taught us many lessons, some which we'll touch on further in the series. But there's one particular lesson that I believe we really need to learn today. That's to do with our hearts. You see, we'd save for months and months. And over the course of two years, Jess and I, we'd saved our combined pretty little salaries and we'd managed we'd managed to scrape together some money. At the time, Jess and I's combined salary was 12,000 Hong Kong. 1,200 pounds a month. Yeah. Our, our rent, our rent at the time was half of that. And then on top of that, that's obviously food and bills and all those kind of things, living. And so God was amazing and blessed us in our, and there's another story around that I'll, I'll share, but that we were able in the two years to save 60,000 Hong Kong. We were, we were able to save 6,000 pounds, which is incredible. You know, for us to have that at the time, it was amazing. It was five months salary. We were like, whoa, that was a lot of money for us. We felt it was a lot anyway. And we were there one day in 2013 in spring. Remember, that's only four or five months before we left in the September. And we, they would, I can't remember what the thing was, but they called a special offering. And they said, the special offering. And we're going to do special offering. And I just heard God say to me, you've got to give. I said, oh, okay. Yeah, of course, God will give. He said, I want you to give 2,000 pounds. It's 20,000 Hong Kong. And I think Jess and I spoke and um, I said, said, I feel God wanting to give, and she said, yeah, I feel God wants to give, and she said, I feel God's saying 2,000 pounds. I said, oh, no, <laughs> you know, that confirmation. Um, and so it was like that, oh, man, giving away a third of everything that we saved, eight months' worth of savings. And I said, it's like saying to God, God, do you know how long it's taken for us to save this much money? This is what we've got for doing your stuff in Hong Kong. 
And he said, and I just remember it very clearly, striking me in the heart, and he said, who is your resourcer? Who is your resourcer? Where is your hope for provision and abundance? Is it in this money? Is it in the 6,000 pounds? Or is it in me? And I was so challenged by that. We were so challenged by that. And we just trusted God. And we gave. We gave. And you know, in Hong Kong, um, especially some of the churches here, they're pretty big, right? Wealthy churches. Getting um, a 20,000 pound check or something, maybe it's not seen as something that's too big. But actually for newlyweds in Scotland at the time, it was so big the church called us and said, are you sure you meant to give that much? Are you sure you didn't put an extra zero on by mistake? We just want to double check before we bank the stuff. We said, yes, that is what we meant. So we gave. And then a couple of weeks later, we just felt God saying, well, around something else, give a thousand pounds, 10,000 Hong Kong. So I said, okay, and we gave. Our savings were down to half. This thing that we spent two years saving for, a year's worth of savings out there. That financial cushion that we kind of saw our security in for moving to Hong Kong without a job and without a place to stay, just ebbing away. And then one day in the mail, this check came, 1,500 pounds. And another, some from people we knew, some just completely out of the blue. And then another, and another. And then God said, give more, and give to this thing. So we gave again. And then some weird stuff started happening at work, and there was just, out of the blue, this job I'd done for years and years, suddenly, we, we just had these bumper months, and they, they gave me massive commissions. And then the government, who doesn't tend to send people money, especially in the UK, suddenly sent me a big check. Sent me a check, cash rebate. Oh, sorry, tax rebate. I didn't even really know I was paying that much tax. I mean, I wasn't on 12,000. This giving out and coming in. And we just were trying to be obedient to God. So we trusted him in that moment that he would provide, that he would bring the increase, that he would be the one who looked after us. We had this money coming in, money going out. And after four months, bearing in mind it took us 24 months to make to raise 6,000 in four months from that first day when he said, give the 2,000 pounds, the 20,000 Hong Kong dollars. Guess how much our bank account had in it? We had 18,000 pounds in our bank account. Three times, exactly three times the amount. To put it in perspective, six years worth of savings that we could have managed in our own effort to move here. And you know, we moved here and it was amazing. And God, God completely opened the floodgates of heaven upon us. And we stayed with these guys' houses at different times and those guys so blessed us. But actually as well, the money we needed to spend in order to survive here without a job and getting visas for four months and living normally was nearly to the penny, 18,000 pounds. And then my job started and we began getting paid. So it wasn't, because we were doing something for the Lord. Like, oh, James, okay, James was doing church planting, so God just did that for him. It wasn't because of that. It was because we trusted him to be the provider, that we put our trust for our resources in him, that we gave in faith. Not faith that we may receive something, but faith that he'd look after us. 
And we were following his principles, the principles we see through the Bible that we're going to be going through in the series. We are following his principles of finance, kingdom principles of finance, not the world's principles. Even though I didn't really know it at the time, even though we didn't really understand it at the time, we were just being obedient. And he led us in this way. We trusted him that he would care for our needs. And as we put our faith in him, obeyed his commands, we then experienced his abundance. How easy would it have been? And it would have been on the edge. Maybe if it was just me there and not Jess, not the two of us. How easy would it have been for our hearts to have feared? Because we saw our provision, our security, and our safety, and more than that, in that £6,000, in that money that we had, and not in the Lord. And I can tell you, to be truthful with you, when, when God first asked and he said, give the 2000 that is the exact fear that I felt. That is the fear I felt. I thought, ah! Oh. And through this, through this experience, trusting God, and others since then, Jess and I have just learned these amazing truths that he is the provider, that he is our safety, that he's our security, and it's not money. So we are going to be starting this series today that will transform your life. If you listen to it, if you learn from it, it will transform your life. My hope is that over the coming weeks that we're all going to learn principles that you can put into practice and see the blessing of God flow into your life. You know, there's stuff I'm going to be doing or Jess and I are going to be doing, which I'm a little bit scared to actually start doing, to be honest with you. But God's really challenging me in big areas. So I'll report back to you on how that goes. It's in the months to come, I want to, my heart is that we will hear testimonies from each of you guys of blessing and amazing things that God has done in your life. Sometimes people have an aversion to money. They don't like money. Don't speak to me about money. You know, it's not a church thing. Let's not speak about it. But actually, money's great. Money is good because it tests our heart. It's tangible and it's spiritual. And it tests us deeply. And through understanding it and learning kingdom principles around managing it, it can lead to amazing abundance. It can lead to a deeper trust in him, a deeper place in him, an amazing life full of blessing in order that we can imitate the Father. It's like calling us into that place of imitation. It's not about having loads of money. It's about living a life imitating the Father to be the blesser to live this life of extravagant generosity. So, are you guys ready? Ready to get stuck in? Yeah? So concerning your money and your provision, where is your heart? Where is your heart? Where is your trust? Where is your trust? The whole series is going to be pretty uncomfortable, so just get used to being uncomfortable. We're just going to love it together and have peace and joy. There's no pressure. You know, if God told you today, give away all your money, give away all your money today, what would you, would that be okay? What would you be like? I'd probably be a bit like, oh, I need a prophetic word, which you probably do, right? It's quite, quite a serious thing to do. You've got to be sure. Don't give it away on a whim. But would you trust him? If, you, if you're hearing and you know 100% God's saying give it all, would you trust him? Are you in that place? So as believers, often we can unwittingly 
choose to not live within the blessing of God. We maybe don't mean to, we mean well, but actually we just don't trust him to be the blesser. We don't trust him to be the blesser, to be who he says he is. Abraham is a guy who trusted God, isn't he? He's someone who trusted God. It's a good example. He was willing when God said, give the life of your son. He was willing to give Isaac. And it was because of that act of faith that blessing came upon Abraham in abundance after that. When God asks, here's a challenge, when God asks, where is your heart? Where is your heart? Is it, it's my money. It's my money, God. I earned it. Not yours. Hands off. You can have what's in my pocket. Okay. $2 coin. Sucks to be you. Sorry, Lord. Okay. Have what's in my pocket when I turn up at church. Empty the pockets. Or is it, you're the boss, Lord. You're amazing. I trust you. I trust you that I am your child and you will hold me, that you will look after me. Thank you, God, for trusting me to be the steward of your resources. If Jess and I had kept that money that day, I can guarantee you we would have come to Hong Kong with 6,000, maybe slightly over, that we could have saved in those, those next four months. We would have come here with that. We would have come resourced by our efforts, not by his blessing. We didn't earn that extra 12,000. There was nothing of our works that, that brought that. We didn't deserve it. It was a gift of God's grace, given by God as we demonstrated our faith in him, our trust in him. God's blessings always come because of grace. They always come because of grace, not because of works. They become because of grace that are laid hold of by faith. See, with our money, the way we use it, we demonstrate faith by how we manage it, how we are obedient to give it. It's the same with our salvation, isn't it? It's the same with our salvation. But, um, that salvation comes by grace, through faith. That faith, that act of faith, lays hold and receives the grace that God is... They're saying, look, I just want to give it to you. And we receive our salvation. We declare with our mouths that Jesus Christ is Lord. Believe in our hearts. And because of our faith, his grace actively blesses us and we're born again and we come into his kingdom. As we go then through this series, it's important to always remember God's blessing is because of grace. We're going to speak about principles which, when lived out, are acts of faith to receive that grace, to live in that grace. They are not laws. This is one of the problems that can often happen. The confusion, confusion of acts of faith, and actually, no, that's just a law. They're not laws that you would be rewarded for your works. That's a very important distinction. They are acts of faith. When our hearts are right towards God and we trust him, our hearts become right towards money. And we'll find ourselves living in that place of extravagant generosity. We'll find ourselves following his principles and not the principles of the world concerning money. And as we do, blessing will pour into our lives. So here's today's big idea. Here's today's big idea. 
to live in blessing, okay? A heart of generosity, trusting God, being a generous giver, is the principle in place for God's people to live in blessing. Being a generous giver, trusting in God, having a heart of generosity is God's principle that is in place to live in blessing, i.e. give and you receive. So guys, let's start going through some verses. Look at some of the truths in this. Firstly, Deuteronomy 14.29. This is about giving. It's written to the people of Israel about giving so that the Levites who have no allotment or inheritance of their own and the foreigners, the fatherless, and the widows who live in your towns may come and eat and be satisfied. And so that... The Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hands. Give, give, be a blessing, be a generous giver, be an extravagant giver, so that the Lord God may bless you in all the works of your hands. Deuteronomy 15.10 Give generously to them and do so without a grudging heart. Then, because of this, because of what? Because of your giving without a grudging, grudging heart, because of your generosity. The Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in everything you put your hand to. See, as there's this principle of as we give, it releases blessing. But James, you may think, this is just Old Testament law. This is just something from the Old Testament. We can't live in that today. We can't trust in that today. The thing is, it doesn't make it any less true. It doesn't make it any less true. The principle hasn't passed away. It, any, it isn't any less worthy of doing. See, whilst the sin of not doing something, a sin of omission, or the sin of doing something, the sin of admission, when we, cause we, when we mess up, when we sin, that is paid for by Jesus but he never said those things were now suddenly permissible or you didn't have to worry about it anymore. In fact, Jesus raises the bar. He raises it, doesn't he? He doesn't just say, you know, I've paid for all you murderers. I've paid for it now, so don't worry. Murder to your heart's content. He doesn't say that, does he? He says, don't even, with murder, he says, don't even be angry. If you're angry, you've murdered them in your heart. With sexual immorality, adultery, fornication, things like that. He doesn't say, don't do that anymore. Or sorry, he doesn't say, now that's fine, just carry on. He says, don't even think about it. Don't let your mind go there. It's the same for these principles of giving and generosity. Giving was the right thing to do, and it is still the right thing to do. Murder was the wrong thing to do, and it's still the wrong thing to do. So it's a principle of life. And under the new covenant, we shouldn't do it less, we should be living in it all the more. Jesus speaks about it in the New Testament, echoing this principle. He says it in Luke 6, 38. He says, give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. God's kingdom principles don't stop with Jesus. They're principles that God calls mankind to live by over money and over possessions right from the very beginning of humanity. Well before the law, actually. Well before the law. You've got Cain and Abel. You've got Abraham. And they are still in effect today, well after Jesus Christ 
has fulfilled the law. We'll look into that more and more in the coming weeks and kind of go into more detail in some of those things. But also this verse, it's not just about money. It's about all things that you can give. It's a principle of the kingdom. If you look at the verses slightly before it, we don't have them here, but if you look at the verse slightly before it, it's about things like mercy and forgiveness, all things that you can give and all things that can be given back to you. So today, before we start approaching some of these practicalities of living this out in the coming weeks, what we have to do is get our hearts right before him, looking at this heart of giving so that we are this fertile ground for him to speak to, that we don't, when we suddenly hear, hear a truth, just harden our heart. Oh, I'm not giving that. You know? We can't release that. We've got to look at our hearts first, and then we can move forward into the principles. We need to recognize when our heart is in a bad place. And I've had times like that where I'm like, oh, I'm not, I'm not going to give. Or I make an excuse about giving. Particularly make an excuse about giving to what he is calling me to give to. So let's start looking at our hearts all the more. Matthew 6, 24. No man can serve two masters, for he will either hate the one and love the other, or else... He will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot serve God and mammon. Famous verses, right? People, a lot of people know this verse. It's a very well-known one. Money and mammon are different. Money is a dollar. Money is a dollar. It's a, the bit of gold. It's different. It's neither good nor evil. It's, we read in the Bible, it's the love of money that's actually the issue. Mammon is this Aramaic word for riches, and it is the name given to the God of riches. To the God of riches. Mammon is a spirit that is put upon your money. You may not have thought about your money having a spirit on it, but our money always has a spirit upon it. Is it the spirit of mammon, or is it the spirit of God? You can have the spirit of God on your money or the spirit of mammon on your money. Because mammon, and I think we dip in and out of this, is looking for servants, looking for worshippers. It will promise you everything and give you nothing. When it comes to being generous, it's that uh, clench in your heart. Because we fear that we're going to lose something. We fear we'll lose something or not get something that actually, in truth, only God can give us. I think we've all experienced it. I definitely have. It is the experience I had when God said, James, give this 2,000 pounds. And my immediate thing was, ah, no. If I give that, that's a third of all the money going for Hong Kong. How am I going to be able to survive? Well, I feel like I'm giving away my security. Pastor Jimmy Evans from Trinity Fellowship Church has got this amazing quote about the spirit of mammon. And he says this, Mammon promises us those things that only God can give. Security, significance, identity, independence, power, and freedom. Mammon tells us that it can insulate us from life's problems and that money is the answer to every situation. Challenging, right? 
How many times, and I know I have, have I looked for security in money? Have I even thought about, ah, financial freedom? Well, actually, we have, those who are in Christ are free and free indeed. Okay? Mammon is that voice that whispers in your ear, you better not give that £2,000, James, because if you do, you won't have enough for you. It whispers, if you give 10 or 15% of your income away, then you can't have the lifestyle that you want. You can't have that car that you want. Only money can provide that. It's the whisper that says, if I was just financially free, God's been calling me to this direction, but if I was just financially free, then I could do that. Then I could do what God's asking me to do because I'd have the money to be able to do it. Mammon whispers, you don't have enough to tithe, you're too poor. You, have no, you don't have enough to tithe, you're too poor. You need it. You need it. The spirit of Mammon tries to get you to trust in riches and not in God. The spirit of Mammon will always try to get you to trust in riches and not in God. But God calls us to trust him and not put our trust in anything else, in anyone else. It's the first commandment, isn't it? Have no other gods before me. But in doing this, if we trust riches over God, then we put a God before the Lord. Our bank accounts can reflect our hearts. I remember hearing a pastor once say, show me your bank account, I can tell you the condition of your heart. It's one aspect of tithes and offerings, that it is an act of faith to say, you, Lord, are my provider. I'm giving you from my first fruits before I even know how much I'm going to get. I trust in you. You're my security. But what Mammon does is tries to corrupt our hearts, tries to twist our hearts, tries to keep us outside of God's blessing by putting our hope in riches and not in the Lord. So God teaches us his principles and he calls us and sometimes and quite often it looks scary because it, it's completely countercultural to the way the world works, to the way mammon works. Sometimes it's scary just like Abraham experienced. Often though, our hearts stop us. They stop us. We act in fear and not in faith or rather fear takes us so we don't even act. Fear is toxic. It's toxic, and it stops us going through the door that faith wants to unlock. But then, for us as well, and I know many of you guys give, many of you guys say, actually, no, I know that, James. And here's the next part. That even when we do, and we step through that door, we are faithful and we give, the enemy will try and unsettle your hearts whilst living in the blessing so that you don't fully live in the joy of the blessing, steal the joy from you. See, Mammon has two friends, the spirit of poverty and the spirit of pride. These are his two mates. The spirit of poverty will try and make you ashamed of the blessing that you have received from the Lord. Oh, we feel terrible. Like, the Lord's just blessed us so much. This 18,000 pounds. Wow. See, if you're faithful, 
need to hear this. If you're faithful, if you trust God, if you follow his principles, and if you follow his leading and you're a generous steward, you will be blessed. There's just no getting around it. I'm sorry if some people sometimes want to give and don't want to be blessed. It's just, you can't get around it. But, whilst the devil can't stop you from getting blessed, he can make you ashamed of it. See, the devil can't stop your blessing, but he can make you ashamed of it. He can make you believe even that poverty itself is a blessing, which God never promises anyone in the Bible is a blessing. Conversely, the spirit of pride makes you proud of the blessing. Because of what you did. And maybe as we walk in this, this is something we're going to have to be careful of. As you see blessing come into your life, as you follow the principles God's laying down, they're actually on your knees. You're like, God, you're amazing. Not, whoa, I'm so clever. I'm following these principles God's put in place. Then we get proud, thinking, I deserve it. I've been really clever following what the Lord said. I'm this amazing, generous person. Or potentially for people who who aren't giving, I earned it. It's mine. It's my money. I'm not giving this away. Pride says wealth comes from hard work. Poverty says wealth comes from the devil. Shouldn't have it. The problem is, and here's the big problem with both of those, they're both stuff focused, both money focused. They're not God focused. Stuff and money tests our hearts. See, are we stuff-focused or are we God-focused? Having stuff doesn't matter. The cars, the houses, money, having all that kind of stuff doesn't matter. What does matter is where is your heart? Where is your heart? See, if you have an issue with people having stuff and having wealth, then actually you're in danger of having a poverty mindset. Because if you think about it, you would have a massive issue with King David, wouldn't you? If King David walked in here with his entourage, and you'd be like, what's your house look like? He'd be like, well, it's actually that palace there. I'd be like, shame on you, David. But actually, God says that David is a man after his own heart, isn't he? And yeah, he's loaded. See, it's not about stuff. It's not about, do we have stuff? It's about, does stuff have you? Does stuff have you? Where is your heart concerning wealth? When stuff and money has us, we will not live in the blessing, in this life of blessing, because we're not going to be generous, are we? Because it's the stuff and money that meets our needs, not God. We're not going to trust God because we placed our trust in stuff, in money, because we're stuff-focused and not God-focused. We're not follow kingdom principles because kingdom principles require a heart focused on God and not focused on stuff. A heart of generosity. And so therefore, we won't experience the fullness of this blessed life. So to live in this blessed life, we need to take hold of these kingdom principles, the things that we're going to be going through in the coming weeks. And we need to live them out. It's not academic. It's practical. So make a decision during this series that 
you, it's going to be one for you of practical experimentation. If you don't get it, come and speak to me. Let's chat through it. Okay? But make it a time of, I'm not just going to come off every week and just listen to this thing and get some ideas. But actually, let's trust God. Let's test God on this. Test him in it. We're going to see another Sunday. In fact, this is the only area God says you can test him in. Test him in it. A life of generosity demonstrates our total trust in him to be the provider. It shows that our hearts are in a good place. God shows throughout the Bible that our receiving and our blessing is linked to our generosity. It's linked to a heart that trusts God, that gives in faith, obeying the Lord's leading, and rejoices at the blessings that they're part of, that they're partnering with God, that they can bless other people. It's a heart that sees and understands that they're stewards of heaven's resources. That's awesome. What a responsibility. And I said a few weeks back, we are one, of, even though we're, we're pretty small, we're one of the richest churches in the entire of the Destiny Network. And actually, we're part, global population-wise, we are part of the richest 0.05% of people on the planet. So as a church, that gives us a massive responsibility to actually manage our money well and get into what God speaks about money well. It's important. See, if you give with the heart, I am giving to receive. Because through these principles, we can discover that kind of thing. Okay? We think, oh, we'll do that and I'll get more money. If you give with the heart, I am giving to receive, then that isn't generosity. Because it's self-focused. It is a heart focused on mammon, isn't it? Because you're giving so that you get more money back. It's a heart that loves money more than God. Because your giving, is, your giving is driven by a desire for more money. Not for worship of him. Being obedient to him. Showing him that you trust him to provide for you abundantly. I mean, you know it's going to happen because that's the expectation. I don't plant a carrot seed and expect no carrot to come up. We'll get into planting and harvest another day. You can't serve both God and money. Today is about preparing our hearts to hear. Because if our hearts aren't ready, then we're not going to put any of those principles we're going to look at in the coming weeks into practice. You've got to have a ready heart for it. Or we will, but it's going to be putting it into practice out of the wrong heart. So today, guys, just as we draw to a close, I want to challenge you in this area. I want to challenge you to take this series really seriously. I'm going to, because I believe it can completely transform my life. I can tell you that as I've prepared, as I've studied, there's been stuff in it that I've been just brought to my knees over. Just been... Like, oh man, God's cut me to the heart in some areas. Things I need to change. Things that I've missed. That over the years I've just not, not done. Uh, things that suddenly I'm like, oh wow, that explains why that's like that in my financial life. So guys, take time in prayer. We go into a response time. So we'll go into a response time before the end of, before the last song. Take time in prayer just to respond to God. Assess your hearts. Do I trust money more than God? Is there something I would trust money to solve, but I wouldn't trust God to solve it? Is he my provider? Do I believe that? Do I believe that?
So my prayer for us today is that we would have very soft hearts, because this can be quite an uncomfortable topic with money, but God doesn't want it to be. And Jesus speaks about it so much, so much. There's over 2,000 verses in the Bible concerning our use of our money. 16 of the 36 parables are about money. So three things I just want to challenge you in. Engage with it. Engage with the series. Be at church. If for some reason you really can't be here, message me. I'm going to be putting the audios onto the, onto the group so you guys can be um, following up with that. Secondly, is commit to a small group as well. Commit to, if you're, if you're part of a small group, don't miss it. Go to it. We're going to be starting a whole series linked with this, a small group series in the small groups. I believe it's going to be life-changing. And then lastly, and today most importantly, is evaluate your heart. Is there something to do with money that you need to change your thinking about, change your heart about? If you struggle with that, speak to home group leaders. Speak to, come speak to me if you want. If you have financial challenges today and just want to chat about that, come and speak to me. I'd love to walk, walk that walk with you. So can I just invite the worship team to come back up? Guys, we're going to go into a response time now where we just bring our hearts, particularly our hearts to do with our trusting God for, for our provision, our trusting God surrounding money, our heart toward money before God. So guys, just as these guys play a bit, take some time to speak to God. Just you and him. Take some time to speak to God. Just commit to being open to just hear from him in the coming weeks. Say, God, you can challenge me with anything. You can challenge me with anything. If you're here today as well, or you're listening to the podcast and you've never given your life to the Lord, you, you wouldn't call yourself a follower of Jesus today. I want to invite you to follow him today. If that's you, just as all eyes are closed... Say this prayer after me, or if you're on the podcast, do so as well. Jesus, thank you for saving me. Just pray this with me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you that you paid the ultimate price so that I could have an intimate relationship with the Father. Thank you that you desire intimacy with me. And you accept me as I am. Thank you that by your grace, you pour blessing into my life. I choose to follow you today. I choose to make you Lord of my life today. In your name, amen. Guys, just keep your eyes closed. If anyone prayed that, can you just pop your hand up in the air? Thank you. If anyone was on the um, if anyone was on the podcast and you prayed that, please send us a message. Guys, we're going to come around now and pray. If you'd like prayer specifically, just have your hands open, flat open in front of you, and someone someone will come and pray for you. 
Father God, Lord, I thank you for today. I thank you for that precious, precious person who's responded to you today. Who said, God, I'm giving you my life today. I'm making a decision to follow you today. Lord, I thank you for this sermon. God, I thank you for this message, Lord, and everything that you're speaking to us today, God. Lord, I pray that just now and in the, in the worship, God, that you would just speak to our hearts, Lord, that this week that you would cultivate our hearts, that we would just be so ready to hear and receive, God. Lord, I pray that you would take us from where we are to another level in this coming season, another level just in the abundant life that you've promised us, the abundant life that you make open to us. God, for those of us who feel bad about that, God, but have that poverty mind, God. Lord, I just pray that you would reveal just your goodness as a good father to us. Lord, I pray that as parents here, that we know the goodness that we want for our kids. Lord, that we would see just a glimmer of a parent's heart for their child, God. And that we would be able to see and understand your goodness towards us and the blessing you want to pour towards us. Lord, I just pray right now, Holy Spirit, come and meet us all where we're at, wherever we're at in our finances, in debt, in plenty. Lord, that you would challenge us to go, to go further, God, that you would challenge us in the way we manage our money, God. And Lord, I just pray that you would just be with us and that there would be a beautiful peace in our hearts, Lord. And that through this, we start this place, not with our eyes on money and stuff, but with our eyes on you that we walk this walk going deeper with you, walking with you, trusting you, and that your abundance flows. In your mighty name, let the heart of generosity be manifest here in this church that we could provide for thousands and thousands around the world, God. In your name, amen.